reading is from St. Paul's second letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be also manifested in our bodies. For while we live, we are always being given up to death. For Jesus is so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit of faith as he who wrote, I believed and so I spake. We too believed and so we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, 
A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, that he set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will pay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do Thank you, Neil. 
So we'll continue anyway. Uh, While we may strive to be like the Good Samaritan, what we can see in this parable is that there's another person. And that other person is also us. Because when we're striving to be the Good Samaritan, what we're striving to do ultimately is to be Christ, to be like Christ. Because Christ is the true Good Samaritan. If you've ever seen icons of Christ as the Good Samaritan, where he's binding up the person's wounds, he's carrying them on his own beast of burden, bringing them to the inn and taking care of them. To understand the profound implications of this parable in our own lives, we must look at the man that is beat up on the side of the road, half dead. Now there are times in our life where we can automatically identify with that. Times when we have like a financial crisis or a family tragedy, or we have some sort of emotional or spiritual breakdown or a spiritual crisis of some kind. In all of those situations, we can immediately identify with the person on the side of the road. So yes, all of us have been that person on the side of the road at some point in our lives. Where we feel helpless, we feel beaten down, we feel that there's nothing that we can do to get ourselves out of the situation, to fix the situation. But what about the rest of our life? What about the times when we're just walking down the road of life? What's the difference between the man before he was attacked by robbers and the man after he was attacked by robbers? Of course, we would say he was beaten up. He's laying on the road, half dead, as it's described in the parable. But I think the more important difference is that he had the Good Samaritan. Before he was walking on the road, he didn't have the Good Samaritan, who is Christ. After, he had the Good Samaritan. So what can we draw out of that? We can think that we're okay when we're not. We can think of the man who is half dead and say he's pretty pitiable. But he's the one that had the Good Samaritan. And the other people walking along the road, they didn't have the Good Samaritan. You see, much of the time we don't want to believe that we are like that man half dead on the side of the road. Other than these big traumas in our life, we want to think we're pretty much walking along the road of life. Yet this is where we meet Christ. And how do we meet Christ? By being beat up on the side of the road. So what do I mean by that? Because it doesn't mean that we beat ourselves up. So how are we that way? It's really a matter of seeing what actually exists. Seeing the ways in which we ourselves have been beaten up. And the the fathers are very clear about this. They describe it as those robbers being the demons and the devil that come and take us away with all kinds of passions and sinfulness. And then we're left just half dead on the side of the road. We think of it as a one-time thing, but in fact, this is something that is going in our lives constantly. Because we think of being beat up as a temporary state, but it's actually not. It's actually the permanent state of our lives. The opposite of that is the delusion of, we're pretty good people. I'm a pretty good person. I'm not a murderer. I don't have problems in my life. I'm not like those people there. I'm not like that person who's beat up on the side of the road with his passions. Who in the Bible was like that? That was the rich young ruler. He came to our Lord and he said, 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? Good question. Our Lord says, Don't commit adultery, honor your mother and father, don't murder, don't steal, don't kill. And he says, I've done all these things from my youth. I'm not like those people, is what he's really saying. And so what does our Lord do? He tries to get him to be beat up on the side of the road. He says, sell all that you have and give to the poor and come and follow me. Why? Because there's more that's broken in him and he doesn't realize it. He doesn't want to realize it. He wants to imagine that he's checked all the boxes and he already has inherited eternal life. This is what we all want to believe in our lives. But that's not where the Good Samaritan is. What that rich young ruler should have been doing is he should have been crying out to our Lord. Think about how many people in the Old Testament and the New Testament were crying out to the Lord. A blind man in a, a village. There are lepers that were, had leprosy. There's Jairus with his daughter. So many people were crying out to the Lord. This is what we need to be. And we, those people, by definition, are the people who are beat up on the side of the road. By definition. If we don't believe that we should be there, let me put it into another analogy. A physician cannot do treatment unless the patient recognizes he's sick. That's obvious. A pa- physician can't do any treatment unless the, physician rec- unless the patient recognizes that they're sick. We have to recognize we are sick so that we can then receive the treatment. If we don't recognize we're sick, we don't get the treatment. It's not a matter of fair or unfair. It's simply a matter of we don't believe that we have the problems that we have. But I say to you again, we encounter Christ when we're beat up on the side of the road. This is where we encounter Christ. And this is a position of humility and of anguish. When we are in that place of humility, of recognizing the ways in which we don't have control over the things that we do in our lives, this is the place where our Lord can come and say, it's okay, I can help you with that. I can fix that for you. But if we're not there, then we don't encounter Christ. So the fact is, the heart of our spiritual life is to realize our own weakness and to cry out to our Lord, Lord, help me. This is the center of our spiritual life. This is the heart of it. To see our weakness and to say to our Lord, Lord, help me. And is that not exactly as the man on the side of the road? Crying out for help. Because one more way we can draw out that parable is he was crying out to help for help, I'm sure, from the Levite and the priest. This is when we seek help in the wrong places. Sometimes that can be our own loved ones who just are not capable to help us in the way that we need help. We're crying out to them and they disappoint us because they can't help us in the ways that we want. Why? Because it's only the true Good Samaritan that can help us in the way that causes full and complete healing and recovery. So as we remember the Good Samaritan, we hear this phrase throughout our lives. Remember that the Lord is the Good Samaritan and our role 
is to be beat up on the side of the road. To be the person who sees our weaknesses and seeks after the Lord. And yes, of course, the parable is for us to be the Good Samaritan as well to those around us. The mystery is that we become both of those. Because I'll tell you, just as a last note, if we become just the Good Samaritan, what is that position? I am the one who's helping. I am the one who doesn't have problems. I will help the people who have problems. This is a position of the person up here and the person down here. But if we recognize we're as beat up on the side of the road as everyone else, then we can truly offer help. Then we can truly become Christ-like and we can help those who are in need. So let us all ponder this and think about the ways in which we ourselves can be there on the side of the road or like so many other people in the, the New and Old Testament saying, Lord, help me, and he will come. Amen.